Are you looking to improve your five-day challenge launch strategy? On today's episode of Rebel Boss Ladies, we're talking about five strategies that you can implement in your next challenge to get more sales. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Do you want 2019 to be the year that you finally create and sell a profitable digital product? I've got good news for you. The first annual Rebel Boss Virtual Summit presented by Deadline Funnel and hosted by me, Eden Freed, is coming your way this February. From February 26th through 28th, 2019, you'll hear from more than 25 of the internet's smartest and most successful digital marketers, product creators, and entrepreneurs who are sharing their best tips and tricks to help you launch your next profitable digital product. Tickets are 100% free. Just head to rebelbosses.com to grab your free ticket to the virtual summit. Again, that's rebelbosses.com to grab your free ticket to 2019's premier digital product event. See you there. Hey Rebels, welcome back to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast. On today's episode, we actually don't have a guest you're going to be talking exclusively with me all about five-day challenge launches. I hosted a five-day challenge really recently, and it was an amazing experience. It was not my first time hosting a challenge, but I would say that this was my first time hosting a successful challenge. Essentially, I analyzed what other people were doing with their successful challenges, um, taking pieces that were good, pieces that were bad, incorporating that with my own personality, and then together all of that turned into a really successful, engaged, and what I like to call healthy five-day challenge launch. So we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to specifically dive into five ways to improve your five-day challenge launch. So without further ado, let's dive right into number one. So one thing that I think is super important, and that's why it's the first thing on this list, is that when you are thinking about your five-day challenge topic, you need to think about what your audience thinks they need versus what you know they need. There's a really big difference between what your audience is thinking versus what they actually need. And I'm going to use Instagram as an example, or you could replace Instagram with any uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, etc. A lot of people think that from a business perspective, you need more followers. Everybody says, how can I get more followers on Instagram? How can I reach my first 10K followers and double that to 20K and so on and so forth? Everyone's obsessed with the follower count, but Instagram strategists know that followers are not as important as engagement, as building relationships with your followers. So Instagram strategists would be creating content that targets the feeling of needing more followers, but during their training, they'd actually teach you how to build an engaged following with the followers you already have. So they might create content that's talking about, okay, how to get your first 1K followers, 10K followers, But in reality, the training itself is going to focus on, uh, it's going to bridge that gap and say, you know, I know you want followers. Here's some strategies that you could get followers. But what's really important 
is how to actually engage with the followers that you do have. Building those relationships is more important than the follower count. But if they hadn't created that content targeting the initial desire to get more followers, they might never have had the opportunity to talk to those people who are their potential target customers. Okay, so it's really important that you as the product creator and marketer, that you understand what your audience thinks they need so that you can have an opportunity to show them what they actually need later on. So when you're thinking about the topic for your five-day challenge, it should really reflect that. It shouldn't reflect what you know your audience definitely needs. It should reflect what your audience desires right now, what they think they need, okay? So the next thing that I recommend um, you do to improve your five-day challenge is ensure that your five-day challenge makes a promise of some sort. So you can use the formula, something like, my five-day challenge will help you achieve X in X amount of time, okay? And then the second part of that is make sure that you actually can deliver on it. You don't want to make a promise for your five-day challenge and then not be able to deliver on that promise because the worst thing that could happen is that your challenge members, the people who actually signed up, would feel disappointed at the end of your five-day challenge. That's opposite of what we're trying to achieve. We want your five-day challenge members to achieve great results so that they know you're legitimate because at the end of your challenge, you're going to launch your product. Um, and they're not going to be buying your product if they didn't have a positive experience with your challenge, okay? So people are really busy humans. They want results and they don't want to spend the time getting the results. So your five-day challenge should promise them a result and it should also state exactly how much time they're going to need to commit to the challenge. So here's an example. Five-day challenge to declutter all of your closets in less than 10 minutes per day. So the, at the end of five days, you are going to have decluttered your closets, but you're not going to have spent more than 10 minutes working on this challenge. That's a big promise. Obviously, you're going to need to make sure that you can actually deliver on that, but you can see that you're promising a specific result. You're decluttering your closets, and you only have to spend 10 minutes per day doing that. That is something that your audience members, obviously if you're in this niche, it's just an example, but that's something that your audience members who are interested in decluttering will want to achieve and they're going to know that they can achieve it because all they have to do is spend 10 minutes per day, okay? Now the time is really important because when I hosted my challenge, um, I didn't initially do this and that's why I'm adding this is something that's really important for you to consider, but I was getting Instagram DMs and Facebook messages from people saying, hey, I uh, want to sign up for your challenge, but I'm really busy right now, I have kids, I work a full-time job, I just don't know if I'm actually going to be able to commit to the challenge. Do you know how long it's going to take me per day? So I took that as a clue, yeah, I should really include this next time around, but um, was able to determine that my challenge members would be able to do the homework in less than 20 minutes a day. I would say don't go longer than 20 minutes because that's pushing it, but for me and my particular topic, 20 minutes a day was realistic. You really need to know who your target customers are. Um, if you're targeting busy moms, for example, they might not have any more than 15 minutes per day, or they at least might not think they have more than 20 minutes per day. So you wouldn't want to create a challenge that has them working for 30 minutes a day because they're never going to sign up. So 15 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, um, all of that stuff, as long as it ultimately gets them the results they're looking for, that is going to help you get more people signed up. It's going to help you increase the conversion rate of your challenge sign-up page. Host your, this is number three, host your five-day challenge in a Facebook group, but 
I'm emphasizing the but here, don't rely on Facebook to deliver your content. I was on a call recently with a customer who was telling me about her five-day launch and she said that she ran a five-day challenge in her Facebook group and it's a big Facebook group, has a bunch of people in it, but she was shocked to find that even though she did her live videos every day, she didn't have a lot of people watching the video. Um, they didn't watch it live, they didn't watch the replay, and it was really disappointing for her. And so I pointed out something, and I'm going to point it out to you now, take note of it for sure. The Facebook algorithm has been so wonky that you cannot rely on it to deliver your content, okay? Even if someone has opted into your five-day challenge and signed up to, your, uh, to join your Facebook group, you cannot expect that everything you post in your group is going to be shown to them by Facebook. You just cannot trust Facebook these days. So my recommendation for you is that you use Facebook to complement your five-day challenge, but do not use it to deliver your pivotal challenge content material. Here's what you should do instead. And this is what I did and it worked really well. I got actually, not only was it successful, but I got a lot of compliments from challenge members who enjoyed the delivery of the material. So what I did was, I created video separately. I recorded it onto my computer. I edited it. That's hard to say. Edited it. <laughs> and then I uploaded it to a place like Vimeo. Um, but you could use YouTube. I already have a Vimeo subscription, so that worked for me. Then you're going to want to make sure that the video um, is uploaded to private. So when you upload it there to Vimeo or YouTube, you want to make sure that only people with the link can see it. Okay? Because again, your five-day challenge needs to be opted into, so people need to sign up in order to see the content, so you don't want it just publicly around the web. Then you create a workbook for the challenge. So what I did was I created a workbook that would complement the video. So people could take notes while they're watching the video for the day, answer prompts while they're listening to the video, all that stuff. And they could print the workbook or they could use it as a clickable workbook on their computer. So now that I have the video on Vimeo, like recorded and all set there, and I have the workbook, I take a screenshot of the video and paste it into my workbook, and then I hyperlink that screenshot to the Vimeo link, okay? So now what happens is in the workbook, and I know this is hard to imagine because we're on a podcast, but I'll make sure that if you are reading the blog version of this podcast that you can actually see what I'm talking about here. I'll include some visuals for you. But the workbook itself is going to be delivered via email and inside the first page of the workbook, there's going to be an image which is the first screen of my video, okay? And again, all of the pictures will be there on the blog so you can understand exactly what I'm talking about. So what happens is every day of the challenge, at the same time every single day, and I chose 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I don't know why I chose that, but it worked well for me. So I chose 7 a.m. Every day at 7 a.m., my challenge members would have, an in, uh, would have an email waiting for them in their inbox that said day one material, day two material. They would open that email and the email would say, hey guys, welcome to day one. Uh, here's the link to your video for the day. Here's the link to download your workbook for the day. And here is your homework assignment. So the big theme here, the big takeaway is that I did not use Facebook to deliver the workbook. I did not use Facebook to deliver the video. I used email to deliver everything because that way I could guarantee that people who signed up for my challenge were getting the content that they needed in order to execute the challenge itself. I didn't have to wonder whether or not Facebook showed the video to all of the people in the challenge, okay? 
Now, of course, you can use Facebook to supplement your delivery. I could have uploaded the videos to Facebook as well. I could have uploaded the workbooks to Facebook as well. Um, I didn't do that, but I could have, and you can do that as well, but you don't want to rely on it to deliver all of that content for you because, like I said, you just can't trust Facebook. Okay, the fourth thing that you can do to improve your five-day challenge is to create an, an incentive for people to continue working through the challenge. So five-day challenges are great, right? You get people who are hyper-motivated to achieve the result that you're promising they'll achieve in X amount of time. However, that's not to say that even the most excited people will actually show up every single day um, with bells on ready to complete the challenge. People will definitely start to drop off. Um, around day three, you'll lose a little bit of momentum. So what you can do is create an incentive for people to continue working through the challenge. And I did this, worked really, uh, really, worked really, really well. Um, so I would encourage you to try something similar to see how it works for you. So what I did was I said, I'm going to host a giveaway at the end of the challenge. But in order to be entered to win the giveaway, you need to have six points. Now you can earn one point for every homework assignment that you do, okay? So there were six homework assignments. One was to actually introduce yourself in the group. So just by introducing yourself, you get one point. The second was, and then, or not the second, but the um, points two through six were just to do every day of the challenge. So day one, do the challenge. Day two, do the challenge. So, and I knew they were doing the challenge homework because I prompted them to prove that they did the challenge homework by writing something or sharing something in the Facebook group. So let's just say, you are hosting a decluttering challenge and you give them an assignment every day to organize their shoes in their closet. Um, so you could have them take a before and after picture of their shoes in their closet and have them post that in the Facebook group as um, their day one homework and they could earn a point for that day one homework, okay? Now obviously there is something to note here. It is work on your end, okay? So you are going to need to make sure that you're keeping track of who is doing their homework and who has earned what points. And there is like um, an element here where you could make mistakes, right? And I definitely made some mistakes. I was um, taking note of people's homework assignments and then I was, I was logging it in a spreadsheet and then I took a screenshot of the spreadsheet, shared it in the Facebook group around day three and said, here's the score sheet so far. Um, and let me know if there are any mistakes, and there were definitely some mistakes, because again, Facebook does hide things from you, so, and, and there's just no way around that, but for me, in my experience, people were really forgiving and understanding because they knew that I would definitely make sure it was right by the end of the challenge, so they just let me know, hey, I did my day one homework, here's a link to it, can you update the spreadsheet, and you know, they were totally cool with it. Um, this can get out of hand depending on how many people are in your challenge. If you have thousands of people in your challenge, this would be particularly hard to do. So take note of, you know, the environment that you have and how realistic it would be to do something like this. But this is a great example of something that you can outsource to a virtual assistant or to a team of virtual assistants. But it's definitely something to consider to actually keep your challenge members engaged throughout. And I found that of the people who signed up for the challenge, 50% of them engaged in like almost all of the posts and 30% uh, of them did all of the homework, which is actually a pretty decent and realistic number, okay? So just food for thought for you. Okay, 
The fifth thing that you can do to make your five-day challenge really great is to make it an experience worth participating in. So you don't want your five-day challenge to be dull and boring. You want people who join your challenge to have a memorable experience because chances are you're going to run another challenge in the future. And you want those people who join this challenge to join your next one because, hey, they might not buy your product at the end of it. So there's another opportunity for you somewhere down the line to convert them there, okay? And you also want your challenge members to become ambassadors for you in the future. You want them to really love and enjoy their experience so that when you host another challenge in, in the future or you launch another product or whatever it is that you're doing, you want these people to speak highly of you and to share your stuff. That's how your business is going to grow organically. Sally, who joined your challenge, is going to say, hey, um, Joe Schmo, we're on a really great challenge last time. I got some amazing results. You should come join in this one with me. So that's how your business is just going to naturally grow when you give someone a really positive experience in a challenge, even if they don't buy your product at the end of it. That's, that's only part of the equation. The full picture is that you want your people to get results so that people know and take you seriously the next time you do something. So how can you do this? It's hard and it's gonna take a lot of energy, but you have to show up to your five-day challenge every single day with all of your energy, with all of it, your enthusiasm, okay? So what I did was I actually hosted a kickoff event with my challengers. So the day before the challenge started, this was Sunday night before my challenge day one started on Monday morning, um, I sent an email to my challenge members around, it was early morning on Sunday saying, hey, tonight at this time, I think it was like 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm gonna be live in the Facebook group hosting a kickoff event. So come join me. I'm gonna be sharing with you some important information about the event and some really exciting announcements for you. Bring a cup of tea, a glass of wine, and come join me for this live kickoff event. And I included a link to the video where I'd be going live. So people could literally click that link at 8 p.m. and join live. Or they could get a reminder and they would send them a notification. So I did that and it, it actually went really well. I had a bunch of people, like I really, um, high percentage of people who signed up for the challenge actually showed up live for that kickoff event. And tons of people were commenting, such great excitement. And I just said how excited I am, how grateful I am. I gave them um, the rules and expectations and what they can expect. Um, and I shared some exciting announcements about the homework assignments and the giveaway I'd be running. And it was just like a generally high vibe event that transferred into day one. So people were feeling a buzz. They were on a high after that kickoff event. And that translated into them showing, them it, uh, showing up for the challenge on day one with that same energy and enthusiasm. And I think that that really impacted the results of the five-day challenge. Another thing that I did was I showed up live every single day in the challenge. So of course I didn't deliver all of the content in the Facebook group, like I said, I sent a video with a workbook and, uh, or I sent an email with a workbook and a video to their inbox every single day, but I still showed up live in the Facebook group to answer questions, to recap the event, to shout out any people who are doing incredible work, to help people who are struggling. So it did take a lot to show up live every day. I'm not gonna say that it wasn't a lot of effort, especially for me, this introverted person, um, who it kind of takes more energy from me to be social, especially in a virtual setting, than it does for me to just kind of hide behind the scenes. 
but it was so important to show up live. And by the end of it, I had so much excitement because I just fed off of all of their energy. They fed off of my energy. And it was just this cycle of really positive excitement and energy that was helping keep the move, uh, keep moving the challenge forward in a really great direction. I also shared some funny memes. So, um, <laughs> that's silly to say, right? I'm just sharing a meme on Facebook in my challenge group to kind of build up the excitement, but even something so tiny like that, sharing a meme on Facebook in the challenge group that made them laugh was something that kind of helped, you know? Like that silly little thing really helped people join together as a community and laugh about it and I don't know. It's something, it's silly, right? But it works. And then the next thing that I did, and this was really, really hard to do, but I would not change it for the world. I commented on every single person's post, okay? Every homework assignment that they did, I commented on it. So that was hard because let's say even if you have like 100 members in your group and they're posting once a day, like that's 100 posts every single day. So I was up late, I was working really hard, but it was something that I wanted to do to help every challenge member feel like I personally connected with them. And that personal connection is what's going to help you translate into sales. And a lot of people said that at the end of the challenge, that was the best part, the fact that they knew I was watching and that I was actually involved with what they were doing in the challenge. And that made the difference for them. And I think that that's what helped with my conversion rate at the end of the challenge. So yeah, it's definitely hard to do. And if you have a challenge with thousands of people, that would be very difficult. But I made that promise to myself that I was going to do it. And eventually I did. I can't say that I was always on track that at the end of day one, I had commented on everyone's posts. At the end of day two, I'd commented on everyone's posts. I definitely wasn't always on track like that. But by the end, I had commented on every single person's post. And I think that that really, um, that kind of lended itself to the challenge being super unique because all those people left the challenge knowing that I had personally interacted with them on multiple occasions. All right, guys, so those are five ways to improve your five-day challenge launch. I could go forever talking about a five-day challenge and how amazing it is. Ultimately though, when it comes to deciding the event that you're going to host to launch your digital product, it really depends on what your personality is, what your bandwidth is, and what you feel compelled to do, and ultimately what your audience actually wants from you. So maybe a five-day challenge isn't for you. But for me, it was a really great way to engage with my audience. I do a lot of webinar launches and I wanted to kind of like diversify my approach. If I'm doing a lot of webinars, I should probably spice it up because uh, spice it up because some people might not like webinars and I wouldn't want to exclude them from my product. So I created the five day challenge so that I could attract other different types of people who still need my product but wouldn't be interested in the webinar. So just consider that. Even if you have something that already works from you, uh, works for you, Ask yourself, are you excluding people just by nature of the event that you've chosen? Um, and then maybe a five-day challenge does make sense for you, or maybe it doesn't. But ultimately, you just got to figure out what works for you. 
Okay, guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope you learned something from this episode. Let me know what questions, comments, concerns you have about anything at all. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your experiences with five-day challenges. If there is something that you feel is so important to a five-day challenge success story, I want to hear that too. I want to hear everything. So head on over to Instagram. Find me at Eden Freed. Freed is spelled like fried, F-R-I-E-D, at Eden Freed. And let's have a conversation about five-day challenges. What works for you, what doesn't work for you, the good, the bad, the ugly, all that good stuff. Let's just, let's continue the conversation right on over there. Okay, Rebels, thank you so much for being here. I will see you next time.